The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, Tail Varsity Radio. We're here at the Hale Varsity Club in La Vista. Just snuck in between Cabela's and Embassy Suites. We are on the air here in Omaha on ESPN Omaha 590 till 530 till volleyball coverage. We welcome in Michigan insider Mr. Greg Henson back with us. Follow him at Greg Henson on Twitter. Uh, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbolt, Connor Clark. As uh, we get you ready for uh, tomorrow's Point spread, uh, great teams cover. Remember that uh, mantra. Greg, what's a good word, man? Uh, thanks for jumping on. How are you doing? I think you're muted, partner. Um, there it is. Now we're good. There we, we go. Gotcha. Hey, good to say, see you, I man. I muted it. I'm not stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so let me tell you something. I'm gonna put. I'm gonna put in a request. Okay. To call this. Hail to the Victors Radio. Let's do that. No, no, can't do it. Can't do it. The top part of the logo. Can't do it. I, I can still far. remove you from the stream if you go too far down no. this road. <laughs> I worked for him. <laughs> I love him. We're going to be nice. Uh, but, uh, no, hey, great season this year for Michigan. But you, you've covered sports man for a number of years in in monster markets and and you gotta love a good coaching carousel that's what nebraska is a part of today's wild crazy rumor was dion that's been dispelled uh two days ago (laughs) two days ago it was uh gary patterson we've heard the aranda listen uh your immediate reaction to the thought and possibility of a dion sanders in lincoln no (laughs) <laughs> I, 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 you know, Deion Sanders, I love Deion, but I don't, I, I don't think you turn over a program like Nebraska to a guy who's coached for two years. That's uh, it's too important of a school. It's too important of a, of a conference to screw around. You know, look, I was there when they hired Scott Frost. I hate that it didn't work out for him. Mm. He should have gone there, won and died there. And mm. it's just like with Harbaugh at Michigan, it, you know, when it was tenuous, whether that would work. I, I think there's going to be a number of other coaching guys that will pop up for you guys um, once it's time to hire a coach. I like Bronco Mendenhall. I saw him mentioned. I have him here in Virginia. Good dude. Um, Really laid back, though. Like, not a fiery type coach, but I think he'll win. I really think that that would be a good fit at Nebraska. Unless there's somebody from the 
you know, the Huskers past that can coach football, which I can't think of any off the top of my head. You know, Mickey's done a really good job with this mess. There's still some some management things. There's been some, well, headbutting with the offensive coordinator and Mickey, how you get out alive. You know how Big Ten football works. You run the football, you run the football, and then you run the football some more, and there's been some hesitancy, and Nebraska's been knocked down a little bit with the backup quarterback situation uh, where they're at. So, uh, you know, it's your point is is kind of the same page I'm on with. You you want experience, and and the the, the name and the brand is still important to this state and and the world of college football, but it's still not the yep. easiest gig to take. You know that. Well, I think, you know, when you're talking about Nebraska, it's got to be a guy who can handle all the different machinations that go on, not just coach football. You got to come in with a great staff. Bronco Mendenhall or somebody like him would come in, immediately stabilize the program. And I don't know where your thoughts are on Bronco, but I I really talked a lot about him. and, And I think he's good. I think he's good. Yeah, I love him. He was here in Virginia. I was sad to see him go. And the program definitely took a step back. But you need a guy who's going to come in and keep the, all the factions at bay. And that Nebraska is very similar to Michigan when Harbaugh came in. They screwed Rich Rod because Rich Rod wasn't a Michigan guy. And he came in and he was just not a good fit. I think he would have won if they would have left him alone. They did the same thing to Brady Hoke. Brady Hoke was a weak, weak head coach who, you know, really couldn't control his own athletic director. And, and I think that's going to be important for whoever comes into Nebraska because it's a big job. It's a big brand name. And, and it can win again if it's done correct. What happened with Frost? What's the scoop there? How could Just, he go from being a 12-0 a coach to a dummy? I think the hires around him did not help him. They misevaluated. They didn't develop. They didn't practice the right way. And then I think you just got overwhelmed and – I don't know that you put the work in. That's my short synopsis. Yeah, okay. Interesting. I mean, I think well, that's totally bad. It. I was I had high hopes for him, man. Greg Henson's with us here, Hale Varsity Radio, as we talk a little bit of Deion Sanders. But, Greg, let's uh, shift gears here, talk some Michigan, as that is the task at hand for this Husker football team, even though we might want to uh, avoid the game that's coming up tomorrow. Husker fans, I think, pretty scared for this one. Michigan, a 30-and-a-half-point favorite. Tell me a little bit about what this Michigan offense is going to be trying to do tomorrow. Obviously, feed the ball to Blake Corum, but uh, – that's not necessarily a winning recipe moving forward, especially once you get to the higher-level competitions, teams with some, some solid run defenses. And I'm not putting Nebraska in that, that echelon, but when you look at tomorrow, do you see Michigan you know, start trying to get J.J. McCarthy involved with the offense a little bit more, or is this going to be Blake Corum early and often until it doesn't work? Well, I think it's going to be uh, – it's kind of going to be like what they did at Rutgers. They came out throwing the ball, wanted to try to kind of get some stuff done. Uh, the first half will be close. You'll see, um, you'll see what that is. Michigan will – uh, feel them out, try some things. They're going to feed the ball to Corum, but the, the the growing rumor is is that they want to start featuring Edwards a little more too, because that gives them you know that gives them that dual threat. The thing that that Michigan offense wants to do is keep you off the field. They're everything they do right now. It's like if you're learning to fly an airplane, you know you go up ten thousand feet and you stall the plane. Everything you do up there is in case your plane stalls on the run when you're taking off or landing. 
So everything Michigan is doing right now is to prepare themselves to keep the Ohio State offense off the field. So you're going to see them do a variety of things. You're going to see them run the ball heavy with Orem. You're going to see Blake Edward or uh, uh, Donovan Edwards run the ball, but he's also going to catch the ball out of the backfield. He started to see that again last week when he caught the uh, great pass on the uh, down the sideline, and then he had a great touchdown catch. He's a real dual threat guy. Corum won't take the ball, uh, won't, won't catch the ball in the air. He, he's going to run it. Um, they're going to get a couple of linemen back this week, and you'll see a lot of tight ends. And then they're going to come back on the second half with adjustments and run away. That's kind of what the the pro what it's been all year. And I'm not saying that you know to embarrass you guys. I just think that's what it's going to be. You know, I don't know that the personnel can match up and keep you guys in it much past that. Unfortunately, is Thompson even playing tomorrow? No, he's out, dude. He's no. You have two backups and two possibly unhealthy backups. You're not offending yeah, anybody with like that take. <laughs> I think Gage has been good. Connor, you got something, bud? Yeah, I was going to say too because the Michigan offensive line has been just so dominant the past two years really at this point how big of an emphasis has that been for Michigan's success this year JJ McCarthy's been a good quarterback obviously but how much has that offensive line play helped the offense really open up this year well it's funny because most programs don't get rolling until they get offensive linemen when Harbaugh got here the class before he took the job there was one tackle just one and you know you take five six linemen every year so he is just now in a position where he can redshirt some hogs and put 40 pounds on them before they have to play. When he got here, he was playing freshmen and sophomores on that offensive line. He had nobody else. And that's what I think will happen at Nebraska when they start to turn it around. You'll see linemen come in, get redshirted, and then they start road grading when they get older. And I think this is the, um, the culmination of what they've put in. They, they won the Joe Moore Award last year, and this damn line might be better because of the transfer at center. They didn't have to rush uh, a redshirt freshman in this year, and they put Olu in, and next year Greg Crippen will be a redshirt sophomore and ready to take over. So I think it plays a huge part, and I think it's why uh, I keep saying to myself, I think Harbaugh's finally got this thing going. I don't know that they're at Ohio State's level yet, maybe running the ball. We're going to find out. I, don't, I know they're not at Georgia's level, but they're in the top – three to six somewhere, three to ten somewhere in there. And it's because of that offensive line. They will they'll punch you in the mouth. I mean, last week they were very physical with Rutgers and there were two backups in. And then Trevor Keegan, the left guard, left the game late. So we're gonna find out if he's playing. But luckily there's six or seven of them who will play. Michigan insider Greg Henson's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Greg, let's flip this around to the the defensive side of the ball and particularly the defensive line. That's where I'm particularly scared for this game tomorrow they have some freaks on that defensive line mozzie smith is an absolute monster from what i've seen from him both weight room videos and on the field and nebraska's offensive line is really the the weakness of their team tell me a little bit about what that that michigan defensive line likes to do and how it opens up what michigan does defensively well it's fascinating because mozzie is another kid who sat on the bench for two and a half years and just lifted weights and and got himself in shape now he's probably going to be drafted, but he could come back for another year, two years, I believe, if he wanted to. Um, here's the difference between this year and last year. Last year, you knew Michigan was going to get pressure on the edge. Now you don't know where it's coming from. It can come from the edge. It can come up the middle. And that, I think, makes it more difficult because last year you had to watch Hutchin Ojabo, and the middle didn't get much push. This year, it's coming from everywhere. I mean, Sainra still is a, is a, a nickelback who's got sacks. You got um, the linebacker, Michael Barrett. You got... 
you know, Junior Colson, they're sending pressure from different locations, which will make it tougher on quarterbacks. Um, and they still get it on the edge with Mike Morris. So I think the defensive line is really key to turnaround. And again, you guys, this was a reload year. These players weren't supposed to be this good this year. Um, they're all young. I think the only one who leaves next year are the two are Mozzie and Mike Morris and Morris is going to go early. And so is Mozzie. So um, again, it's, it's just, they, they got it humming to the point now where they can plug guys in much like Ohio state can much like USC can Oklahoma, much like Nebraska used to, when someone left, they would just throw guys in and it would work out. So um, the, the, the back half of the defense is playing really well too, especially um, the corners that uh, they're undersized, but man, when they get burned, they fix it. The adjustments Michigan's defense makes in the second half, uh, I don't know if you've seen some of these stats, but they outscored their opponents the last four games like 130 to 8 or something or 9. I mean, it's that good. So if it's close at halftime, be happy because I think the second half could be where the route is on. But I haven't watched a ton of Nebraska. I know they got a lot of pride. They're a good program. I just think it's personnel. Just don't have enough of it right now. And it's tough right. to recruit out to the, you know, out there. Greg Henson's with us, Michigan Insider. Uh, there's the theme, build, develop, plug. And Michigan's been able to do that. Harbaugh's had eight years, and uh, they are poised for another playoff run. Greg, we'll do this uh, sooner rather than later. Uh, thanks again for jumping on, and, and we'll uh, wrangle you here as we get closer to Big Ten yeah. Championship. I, I see it. Uh, our, our, awesome? cam- our, cameras, our cameras are here. not picking it up. You know, make sure they don't flip. They don't- <laughs> Turn it off. Make, make sure they don't flip the schedule. We're supposed to be out in Ann Arbor the 15th to see you this year. Of, of October, they flipped the schedule. So soon, we will be out in Ann Arbor. Brother, be good, and we'll talk soon. Thanks for the time today. Thanks, guys. There he is. Uh, Mr. Michigan Insider, Greg Henson, Hale Varsity, Andrew Rogers up next.